0: of yep, some Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gon' do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Tryin' to learn some game, Xavier gon' talk about it Know Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses, valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary You can't distract me from the paper I've been Taste of greatness, I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. A sacrifice and temporary sh- for bigger blessings Yeah, a tapped-in boss mind state I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate you Gotta get your brain right if you trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gon' do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Tryna learn some game, Xavier gon' talk about it Know Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouchin' Ain't no more excuses, valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need
1: This episode is sponsored by Cousins Needers, How to Become a Certified Home Inspector Workshop. The home inspection business is a multi-million dollar industry and is rapidly growing. Within this workshop, you will learn how to start your own home inspection company within the next six months, how you can make an extra $5,000 a month and how to be your own boss. After you watch the Home Inspector Workshop, you will know what education is required for your state. step-by-step guidance on the certification process, how to study for the national exam, how to market to your customers, and the 10 major home components to inspect. It also includes how to become a certified Home Inspector two-hour workshop, replay of the live Q&A session, and presentation notes from the Home Inspector Workshop. Now the link will be in the description of this podcast episode. If you want to get started today and purchase this workshop and be on your way to being a certified home inspector and making money, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Xavier, I'm sitting with my co-host as usual. D, what's up? What's up?
2: What's up?
1: Hey everybody! How you how you doing, D? You good?
2: I'm doing great.
1: How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I just got a fresh cut. You know, I'm feeling I was just good, about to say that. I'm, I'm about to be. I'm probably finna hit the streets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, i
2: like, fresh cut is Friday. I know you're about to be out here. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But let's
1: let's get right let's let's get right into the show. So on today's episode, we got a, another special guest. For all you who are not familiar, y'all definitely need to tap in. She's gonna bring a lot of value. On this episode, and her name is Adalisa. She's doing a lot of dope things. We're super excited to have her. So, welcome to the show! Yay! Thank you thank, <laughs> you, thank you.
2: And you know, we can't forget to mention, you know, the CEO of Elevated Assist, which we're gonna get into that some more. Into but- that soon.
1: Yes. And a host, <laughs> and a host of My Financial Flex.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we gotta,
1: yeah, 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 we Look, be-
3: I do a lot. Like I do a lot. I stay busy. Okay, yeah.
1: busy, is, <laughs> busy is good. Busy is good. and busy. Yeah. yeah,
3: busy. Busy is good. Busy is money for me, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Busy
1: is money. That's I like that. So, uh, just get right into it. So, like, for the people who are not familiar with you, this may be their first time hearing of you. So, like, just give it like a little background on yourself. So.
3: For sure, for sure. So, my name is Annalisa, also known as Just Annalisa on Instagram and Twitter, and I do a number of things. So, as mentioned, I am the owner of Elevated Assist, which is a virtual assistant and social media management agency. Um, I'm a landlord, so I invest in real estate in Cincinnati. I'm also the host of Financial Flex, which is, I like to call it a podcast. We still transitioning right now, but we're going to pray on that. But <laughs> financial Flex is an opportunity for business owners, careers, and entrepreneurs to sit down and have a conversation, conversation with me and talk about their financial success with hopes um, to inspire my audience to really be their own personal finance goals. Um, I have several digital products I have a virtual assistant program I've taught over 400 people how to start their virtual assistant business I've taught people how to start their social media management businesses as well and then I also have a nine-to-five well we don't got to talk about that but
1: um, <laughs> yeah I'm, <laughs> a, I'm
3: also a healthcare administrator so luckily I'm able to work from you
1: home. do it all yeah
3: uh, I'm like what where do you sleep? find the time right now <laughs> What is sleep? You know, it's a temp- it's a temporary sacrifice. I keep telling people, this time next year, y'all not even gonna like when y'all see me. I'm not gonna be working. I'm gonna be on the beach, like just chilling, <laughs> drinking,
1: it. like you know. Yeah, I feel go. it. I feel uh,
2: it. All this hard work ain't for nothing. It's gonna pay off one day. Exactly.
1: That's a fact. So, mm-hmm. so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask this. So, because I think this is our first time actually having this conversation on the podcast. Am I wrong, D? Regarding virtual assistants.
2: No, you
1: know, first time we've actually dived all into it. Right, right. So so um, for the people that's listening to this and they might not know what a VA is, like what is a virtual assistant?
3: Yes, that's an excellent question because I do get that a lot because people always ask, you know, what do they do? People say, well, Siri on your phone, isn't that a virtual assistant? But in the context that I speak about a virtual assistant, I talk about it as someone who provides admin work, secretarial tasks, um, technical support in different aspects, maybe customer support from a virtual aspect, right? Somebody that that somebody that doesn't have to be in a physical location, right? There, it's remote work, so it can the work for a virtual assistant can look like a number of different things. Just know you're working virtually.
2: Mm -hmm. And I love that because especially given today's times where remote work is becoming extremely popular and everybody's looking for an opportunity to get into remote work, so VA is literally like the perfect position you could take on. In addition, you could do that um, in addition to your nine-to-five. It could be an easy side hustle for
3: anybody. Exactly, exactly. That's what I always tell people, and I think now more than ever, like after the pandemic, More and more people are being more accepting of people working from home and realizing that, you know, I don't gotta be in the office to get the work done. I don't need a boss hovering over my shoulder to to figure out if I'm completing the tasks that need to be completed. So more than anything, you see more businesses taking on uh, virtual teams and creating that space. So when you think Mm -hmm. about what thing, what businesses look like in the pandemic and how many businesses that actually transition to create a stronger online presence. Those are the businesses that you would say would be a little bit more resilient and they're probably stronger right now. So you'll see research that shows that more people are hiring virtual assistants now in 2021.
2: Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this for like, um, for those who are looking to become VAs and, you know, work with a company, are VAs typically 1099 contractors or are they hired on as actual employees
3: with benefits and all of that? Yeah, from um, so for a business owner's perspective, instead of hiring an employee, you may want to start out with a virtual assistant because they are an independent contractor. So it's usually a cheaper option um, for that business owner, meaning that you're not offering them business benefits or insurance. So the conversation that I have a lot with some of my students that go through my virtual assistant program is that if you do want to replace your nine to five, be mindful of, one, taxes, but also being mindful of health insurance because that is an expensive component that you don't consider when you transition away from your, your nine-to-five. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's that's a very important topic that people don't talk about a lot because that is something that when people don't find that out until they leave their nine-to-five, they're like, damn, I got to pay health insurance now. And health insurance ain't cheap, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's not So, like, you know, me, me and Deanna, we got a unique situation. Like, we was able to get out and still keep – our help assurance being like with the, being part of the VA, being military and stuff like that. But I know from first hand, other people that don't got those benefits, that stuff that stuff ain't cheap, man. So that's something you definitely gotta think of before you leave your nine to five for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Go ahead, dude. Mm
2: -hmm. And I was also gonna ask you like, so when it comes to actually um, finding a VA for yourself in your company, what's the process look like for actually hiring a
3: VA? So for me personally, I hire within, so it's no, it's no reason for me to go out and look for another virtual assistant to be a part of my team when I just train hundreds of people to go through the program. And at least I don't like to waste time. If you work, (laughs) I don't like to be redundant. I don't like to repeat myself. So I would rather work with people who have already gone through the step-by-steps that I've provided to them through my program and just hire within. So now i'm at the point where people reach out to me and, and, and ask say hey do you got a virtual assistant for me um how can i add someone to my team like if elevated assists can't take on their their tasks because maybe our price packages don't match what their budget is i offer them up to people within my program so within my program i post job opportunities every tuesday right so not only do i give them an opportunity to teach them how to make money as a virtual assistant i always i also bring opportunities to them <laughs> And a, you want to go, Xavier? No, go, ahead,
1: go
2: ahead. I was just going to say, like, uh, let's just take it back a little because we jump into what is a VA. But from your perspective, having elevated sis, can you just explain what that business is and your business
3: model? For sure, for sure. So, as I mentioned, Annalisa does, does a lot. So I'm, I'm not. I don't really take on. All the job assignments with my clients. I have a few clients that work with me because they specifically requested that they want to work with me. Oh, Jesus, I don't know why. <laughs> but um, I have a team. So I have people on my team that help manage a lot of the tasks. I'll, I'll pair them with one of my clients based on their capacity and also their skill set so that will uh, meet the needs of the client. And then I'm always I'm always expanding my team because I mean the clientele keeps increasing. Like I don't know where these people come from. Like I don't even I don't do any paid promotion for elevated assist specifically because it's all word of mouth. So I got all these social media friends I never met before that always send people to me, which is great. Mm-hmm.
2: And,
3: and then um, I just wanted to mention though, and then the way that I have it set up is within my pricing packages. The way that I pay my team is um they get a percentage of whatever the package is and the work that they do
1: that's that's hard that's dope i like i like that's, i like that so like um like what even what was that first step to you even becoming like a va like what made you want to say like this is something i want to do like i'm gonna do i'm gonna go this route
3: well it really just it just really just fell in my lap honestly uh, so my first client was Andre Hatchett. and I know you all have worked with him before. Shout
1: out to the bro, that's my, that's yeah. my guy, man, that's my guy.
3: <laughs> Andre is a great person to he is. definitely give that man his flowers. But um, he was actually my first client, and then after working with him, I was like, this is a little too easy. I need to, I need to get some more clients and expand this thing. And then I knew at that point, like, <clears throat> especially through the, uh, through the pandemic, I was just really thinking like. I can't rely on my, I just can't rely on my nine to five. I don't want to be in that position. Luckily I wasn't laid off, but I knew a lot of people that were laid off during that time, but it was, I did a lot of reflecting. and was like, I don't even like my job like that. Like I truly like, like them as a whole. I don't even like y'all like that. So I was just thinking like, I need to have this this successful profitable business plan that's going to really be my exit strategy from my nine to five. So really becoming a virtual assistant kind of just fell into my lap. I always tell people you have to position yourself correctly so opportunities can come to you. So uh, Andre actually reached out to me about um, (coughs) doing some admin work online. And I was just like, okay, that's like another stream of income for me. Anybody knows me, I'm gonna hop on that. So and then the work ended up being very very easy. So you know I started to do research about actually building an agency and like what the future of being a virtual assistant would look like from a business point um, in a job job landscape. And it actually made sense. So like I made a lot of money in the uh, in the pandemic. So it it made very it made sense for me to really expand um, my agency and just really put myself out there. So it really just started with one idea, doing some research and just executing. And it's been. It's been great since then. And then um, I had clients that were like, you know, I love working for Elevated Assist. Like they, um, a lot of people will go with the cheaper option because I always tell people Elevated Assist is not gonna be your cheaper option, but if you want solutions, if you want value, if you want work to be done, then we're the option for you. But most people will get a virtual assistant that may be in um, the Philippines or India because it's like cheaper, like $10 an hour. That ain't Elevated Assist. So people will tell me that, you know, I wanted to go with a cheaper option and I went with the cheaper option in the past, but I ended up shooting myself in the foot because the work just wasn't good. They didn't complete the assignments the way I needed them to be done. So after I got a lot of feedback from that, someone was like, um, or two of my clients told me that I need to create a digital product to teach other people how to um, become virtual assistants. So after I created my product and did the pre sale, People was jumping on that thing like high kicks, And I was just like, okay. So this was like working out for me very, very well. So it really just fell in my lap. I researched, executed, and then the rest is history.
1: That's dope. That's extremely dope. And so like when it comes to like VAs, like what's the, how do you know it's the right person for you? How do you hire that right VA for you?
3: Well, <laughs> for me right now, like most of the, the one of the most common um, task that is being asked for me is like social media management, and, and like most most people in businesses, they really need to hire a social media manager, not necessarily a virtual assistant that can help with social media, because there's so many different things with social media. Just thinking about creating content can it can be an all day experience when you're thinking about engaging with your following and creating content. <laughs> but I, I everybody that works on my team, they have to be able to create some sort of content. They need to be able to navigate um, Canva. And I want them to come with creative ideas. I want to be able to learn from people on my team. So what can you bring to the table? What can you bring to Elevated Assist that's going to make us stand out with other clients? So I'm looking for very, very special skill sets, but also people that are teachable, right? Um, You'll meet a lot of people. So there's two types of people that I believe go through my program. One, somebody who's looking for a side hustle that just really, really want want to make some money. Um, The other person is someone that's serious (laughs) about being a virtual assistant and they really want to replace their nine to five. Usually the person that wants to replace their nine to five, they're going to hustle a little bit more than someone that's just looking at this as a side hustle. So I'm always kind of navigating those conversations and figuring out, you know, what do you want to get out of this experience with Elevated Assist? And then always being mindful of developing people on my team because I don't want them working for me forever, right? I want them to create their own agencies. I want them to create their own thing and then take what i give given them, them to teach somebody else. So it's all about developing and coaching the right people to figure out if they're the right fit for elevated assists.
1: That's, I, I, I like that a lot. And what I really love about this is, like, how you said when you started, you was still had your 9 to 5. So it was like anybody can pretty much uh, start this if it's something they want to do to earn extra income, especially if they seriously going to take it serious and not just look at it as just a stream of income and not focus on, you know what I'm saying, getting – actual quality job done but i think i think this is a um great option for a lot of people because you most people have like administrative skills you know what i'm saying and those are skills that that's very easy to learn especially if you're committed to learning it so that's i agree yeah
3: yeah um people always ask me like what type of experience do you need as a virtual assistant and i was like you already have it like if you've ever had any customer service related job Any admin related work, if you've been in school, you work on a team, you know how to navigate those conversations, you already have the experience. So now I'm telling you to monetize your experience by putting it in a package and offering it as a service to somebody else. Um, I always say, stay at home moms. It'll be stay at home moms that'll say, I've never had a job before, but you know how to balance multiple things. You know how to get things done. So figure out what that looks like, um, document that and package that up into your own business.
1: As far, as far as like marketing though, like how, the, how does that go? And so let's say if you were a stay-at-home mom or something like that, like how would you like market yourself to find clients to be their BA?
3: Yeah, so it, will, it would honestly be the same with anybody else. I always tell people, so you wanna be a virtual assistant, you now have an online business, what do you look like online? So when you look at your social media platforms, um, I'm not even talking about a website yet, right? Elevated Assist is still transitioning to create their website, And one thing we don't have an issue with is getting clients and getting people booked on our calendar. So what I'm saying is that if people research and look at your name, do you look like a business, right? People will DM me that haven't taken my program and say, I've been a virtual assistant before, Um, I'm not getting clients. the first thing I ask them is send me your social media profile. And I'll I'll flat out tell them, I don't know what you do based on what I see online. It doesn't say anything about being a virtual assistant, Your images don't make sense and reflect the offerings that you have for your business. So you have to ask yourself, would I hire me based on what is currently being displayed? And if the answer is no, then you have some work to do. So it's all about positioning yourself correctly in the virtual space online, because you do have access to people from everywhere, right? You don't just have access to people in Dallas if you live in Dallas. You don't just have access to people in Cincinnati if you live in Cincinnati, right? I had a a client in Germany that I never met before that was referred to me. So you are now in your, like your social media pages are basically your resume. So what what does that look like for you? Cause you have an online business. So whether you're a mom or a student, you need to be mindful of the things that you're putting online when people want to come to you from a branding perspective, right? So people always, people in my program will say, well, what, can I just create a business profile and not, um, not accept their friend requests? um on my personal profile I said you can but you need to be mindful if they if they want to be your friend on there like people want to know who you are as a person especially if you're if you're going to be working a part of their team because you're they're trusting you with their baby with their business a lot of the clients that I work with they don't have anybody else so it'll be the business owner and then it'll be the virtual assistant and maybe one other virtual assistant so they need to be able to trust you so they can't trust you if you're going to block them or have a private account that they can have access to you. So you need to figure out what that looks like.
1: Yeah, man, you just you just said a lot of facts right there. I think people got to understand we're in a different time period. Like these days, people just don't care to know you professionally. They want to know you personally. Like you said, they want to see like what kind of person you is. Like, what do you do in your off time? Because that's going to give me an indicator like on who you truly are. So that's something. And me and Deanna, we made a video yesterday for our real estate uh, guy we doing was talking about how people need to treat their social media pages more serious even if you're not a professional you're not an entrepreneur yet you still need to you know what i'm saying carry yourself a certain way so you could attract
2: one thousand percent.
1: there might be clients that, that you might do business with or who knows anything could happen man. especially these days it's it's so much an opportunity out here you never know where, where it will come from and you but you won't get it if your page you're wilding out on your page all the damn time like i, I was- like, I was
3: just going to say, I always tell people like, whether you're a business owner or not, you are, you have a brand, you have a personal brand. I don't care if you have a nine to five, people are going to, people are going to Google you, whether you think they are or not, they're going to do it. Whether it's, they're going to look on your LinkedIn page. They're going to look on your Facebook. They're going to look on your Instagram, like type your name in online and see what comes up. Cause that's what somebody else is going to see. So people need to understand that they are a brand. So before you walk in the room, some people already have an idea of who you are. And that's gonna determine if they wanna work with you or create some type of partnership with you. So when you think about social media and what that looks like, you have to be mindful of what you put on there. And I mean, I don't accept every client, right? You know, I'm gonna put rap music on there. You might, like, that's just me. I'm gonna give you me, but I'm also gonna get the work done. So you have to figure out, you know, what your brand is, who you're gonna be working with, who is your target audience? Your, is your target audience or your, your ideal clientele do they match who you are, right? I don't force. I do not force partnerships just to get your money. It has to make sense for my brand and and work well for my team. I
1: love it. I love. Go ahead. V.
2: No, I was gonna say like I love like this entire conversation because presentation is everything, I'm and whether no. whether you realize or not, people are always watching, just like you said, and what? like. hmm.
1: I Was just gonna say my best to cut you off. I was just gonna give a prime example, right? So Annalise, like this is our this is our first time. Well, this is my first time conversating with you, but I've seen you on Instagram lives. I tuned in a couple times with my guy. I seen you doing a lot with my guy Alex from Money my, Uh Monopolizers.
3: Yeah, that's
1: my buddy. <laughs> Deanna know when I when I uh it's funny because Deanna told me she was like, Yeah, we're gonna bring uh Annalise on. I was like, Really? I was like, I've been I've been watching her stuff, I've been thinking about breaking her on the pod because before I bring somebody on a podcast. Like what people don't know, they're gonna know now because it's my first time speaking on it. I'll watch you <laughs> for like weeks. Like I just don't bring anybody on if I see you. I'll watch you, see your kind of see what kind of content you push out, see your like personality, like just see like how you brand yourself. I'm like, dang, they got a dope brand that's solid. So I've been watching you from a distance for a minute, like dang. So when Deanna told me, I'm like, see, but that goes to show like you was you the way you was branding yourself and stuff like that. It is gonna bring a certain opportunities and shit like that to you. So that's mm-hmm. just like a prime example right there.
2: Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't know who you was on social media until I needed someone to help out with that last minute training. And then I really liked how, even though I really didn't know what to expect once you got on there, like the professionalism was just like out of this world. It was like, everything was on point. All the answers was great. Like it was something where I was like, you know what, this person is definitely like you know on our a game and this is someone I could see on our show so just you know it's like whenever that opportunity comes like when it comes you gotta show up and show out Good. yeah
3: stay
1: ready you never gotta
2: stay it ready, ready. You got it. You never yep.
1: gotta <laughs> <laughs> so going into our next sponsor this episode is also sponsored by my official cryptocurrency guy that's right, guys. On May 24th, I'm officially releasing my cryptocurrency guide. This is for beginners, for everybody that's been DMing me about how to get into crypto. Where can they start? I'm officially releasing my crypto guide on May 24th. I'm going over all things on how to buy which platforms to use, how to protect your crypto or ledgers and stuff like that, how to pay taxes. Good coins I think you should invest in long term. I'm going over everything you need to get started with crypto. It's packed, jam-packed with info, and the link will be in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested in getting the guide and pre-ordering it today, you can go to the link in the podcast description, and you can get started with making money in crypto today. Well, I think that, that leads right into like uh, another segment. Speaking of like social media management, like, um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to ask this question. Like, just speaking on like the importance of that.
3: Yes, <laughs> so probably one of our most popular. Yes, we're a virtual assistant and social media management agency, right? But with our clients, it always transitions to a large part of us helping manage their social media because. Quite frankly, a lot of people don't want to be on social media. I'm one person that does not care to be on social media because <laughs> it's, it's fun. But at some point in my life, I had no social media. And like my friend would cr- created a page for me in college on Instagram. It's like, you, just, you, you in a sorority, you need, to, you need to be on social media. And I was like, OK, social media does well for business, right? We have over a billion. There's like over 1.5 billion users on Instagram in itself. So if you're a business and you're not on social media, that's an issue. You are missing out on money 100%. A lot of my clients, a lot of their money in sales come from Instagram, come from social media. So you have to be present. And when I say you have to be present, you have to be consistent with the content that you're posting so that your followers can build that relationship with you. They want to have that experience with you. So I have clients who have less than a thousand followers. And I have clients with up to 400,000 followers. So it's really important to be consistent online, especially if you're selling a product and service, right? You want to nurture your current followers that have been following you for a while, but then you get new followers every day who don't know who you are. So you're constantly having to reintroduce yourself and tell people who you are, what products you serve, uh, what products you provide for them, right? The ultimate goal for for my clients is to put more money in their pocket, right? So from a content creation standpoint, how can we convert dollars for them? I have clients that I text on a regular basis. And I know a lot of people um, within the social media space will create like a 30-day calendar for their clients. We don't necessarily do that (laughs) just because there will be things that go on viral on Twitter that can go viral on Instagram next. So I will send ideas to my clients throughout the week say, hey, we need to make this a meme so it can go viral on your social media page because it just went viral on Twitter. So it's all about catching things but social media moves so quickly right you know you have reels you have real remixes and you never you never know what's going to beat the algorithm so for us we know the importance of social media and then we've worked with so many clients and we we really figured out like what's going to work for them right how do we engage with them um dm management is a whole nother story i have clients that get over 100 dms a day and it's so important to be able to respond to people because um people a lot of people don't send emails anymore so sometimes people try to call you on instagram like it gets really really crazy but i also don't want to leave money on the table for my clients so it's, it's important to be responsive so you can hire a social media manager to help manage that as a business owner or a virtual assistant to kind of help manage that but social media in this in this day and age is very very important especially for a business owner
1: Xavier, yeah. it sounds like you need a VA for those They, I don't need really be checking my eyes no more like that. It just it got too crazy. But but like you said, in these days, in my opinion, I feel like unless you already super rich, but if you're not rich and you on social media and you're not like promoting your business or branding yourself, I feel like you I feel like it's a waste of time because it's so it's much, it's 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 too much opportunity, it's way too much opportunity, too much money being made like you know what i'm saying a lot of people well years ago they used to laugh about like man you are on social media all the time like what you doing it's different now like social media brings in a whole bunch of money so it's yeah there's a lot there's a lot of dollars in it but so people got to take it um more seriously yeah I,
3: w- yeah I was just gonna say like i feel like people are always asking you why you're on your phone all the time but they never ask you how much did you make from your phone today exactly okay. mm-hmm. they because
1: never ask I- that question
3: They never ask that question because I have clients that will post on there and make $5,000 by one post, right? That's a fact. We we understand how to navigate social media. So I would say if you're on social media and you're not making money, that's your issue.
1: Mm. You don't
3: have an issue with people who are on social media and actually making money. So I think social media is a huge component, but also um, as a business owner, yes, you want to be able to nurture your audience online, but also create an audience offline, because we don't want to rely on social media, just in case Instagram goes down, because it does, Facebook goes down, it does, or rely on Twitter and things like that, so I always tell people, what do you, what does your email list look like, Um, how do you, how are you nurturing your audience with your followers, who want to get to know you more, but they don't want to be on social media either, and I've been there before, like, I used to hate when businesses only offer stuff on Facebook, and I didn't have Facebook, like, you you basically canceling out a whole group of people who don't have facebook so as a business owner i think it's important to have a little bit of everything have social media but also have a presence offline as well
1: mm, yes I love, I love it Go ahead. You definitely
3: need that balance and i wanted to go back a little because something you
2: said as far as social media things pop off on twitter typically before they pop off on instagram and I think that's a gem in itself because a lot of people aren't on Twitter or they're not paying attention, but Twitter is pretty much where everything kind of stems from. And I've seen it happen firsthand, like a lot of stuff that's already trended on Twitter was been like a week or two prior to actually making it to Instagram. So if you're
3: a content creator, you need to take that into consideration as well. That's what I always have to tell my clients because I have an Instagram and I was like, tweet threads do wonderful for her a lot of my clients, <laughs> like I have a lot of clients, all you'll see on their page is tweet threads, but those tweet threads can be worth two thousand dollars for them that day. So, because mm-hmm. when you think about content, right, it needs to be shareable content. So are you teaching people something? Are you bringing them, are you making them aware of something they were not aware of before? Like pictures are great, right? We like to, put hearts on pretty girls. It's great. But what's that doing from a money perspective? So how are you going to put money into your client's pockets? Is what I'm always thinking about. Um, having a funny meme is nice too with engagement, but you know, Instagram is constantly changing. People, people are almost looking at Instagram as Google, right? I know personally for me, I hate restaurants that don't have pictures on their menus. Like I don't get it. Like, I, don't think I want to order your food if i don't know what it looks like so yes i can go to yelp but usually i just go on instagram and see what their page looks like to see what food i'm going to get so a lot of people almost use instagram like google so when you put the content out there and it's teachable people share that information most on my personal page most of the things with the most likes the most engagement are all tweet threads because i'm teaching people how to do something
1: yeah yeah and that's a, that's a game when it comes to building an audience. Like I, my thing, I always say, you either got to be, you either got to be inspirational, informational, or entertaining. So you got to be, you yep. either got to be a funny ass person. If you're not going, if you're not funny, you need to be teaching people something. If you can't teach, you ain't got no information. You need to inspire some people, whichever way you can. And those, if you could do all three, you amazing. You're going to blow up. Exactly. I promise you, but you need to do exactly. at least, you need to do at least one of those things. And if you do it consistently, you gonna start seeing you'll start seeing results, especially if it's good, man. Like people can't deny good content. Like it's too it's too many people in the world. Somebody's gonna relate to that, and they are gonna share it with their friends, they family members, all that stuff. Like you like exactly. like you say, yeah, it's it's real, it's real. I, uh, I'm not yeah. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna switch to something. <laughs> I was gonna say something else, but I, I'll switch to something else. So go ahead, D. I see you gonna say something. No, I was gonna have one last
2: question on right. social media. Um, Do you feel like as a business owner who has like to be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok now, like all these different platforms, do you feel like it gets overwhelming and
3: difficult to make content for each single one? For me, so I don't I don't use words like overwhelming because it's just like I'm so comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like I'm always like, what do I got to do to make this pop off? But for some people, it can be overwhelming. I will say for some of my clients, it can be overwhelming for them to create different content. So the first thing I do when we think about content strategy is how can we repurpose content, right? Um, <laughs> especially video content and then being able to repurpose it into quotes. Are there tweets out there that we can use? Um, so it can be a tweet and then we can talk about it in a video. So it's different ways to repurpose content. People don't have to, to get super, super creative, but hire a social media management, manager to kind of help with some of that headache so you won't be completely overwhelmed so as social media managers we can send you content ideas um we can send you tweet ideas different things and inspiration like that so you won't be completely overwhelmed but when people when people say they're overwhelmed or they complain i'm just like how bad did you want it like you gonna you do you do you want to be at the top or you want to be at the bottom because I, I don't care about the in between
1: yeah i feel the same way i ain't gonna lie to you because i'm like it ain't like you showing up somewhere doing some kind of physical work. You send down somewhere, twiddling your thumbs, posting stuff, creating stuff. I'm like, how, how is it that stressful? Like, if it is, just log off for a day or something, day or two. It's yeah. like, you know what I mean? But I feel that I feel that same way when people be like, man, it's too. I'm like, yeah, like you just said, I don't think you really want it bad enough. If you complaining about like, what the hell? You sitting at the crib, yeah. just make some posts or something.
3: I don't want i don't want any i don't want to hear someone tell me that they're overwhelmed especially with some of the entrepreneurs um that i work with because they're in very very successful positions and whether they think they are or not they're in very privileged positions where they don't have to clock in to a nine to five so when they tell me they're overwhelmed i'm just like okay what's next we're gonna have to make this happen
1: if you was at your job you're gonna be overwhelmed too if they're working stuff, like you got a
3: part
1: of it i think but people want stuff like these days People want everything to be so easy, like low stress, and that's that's great. But like, come on now, like everything not gonna be that way, especially when you're trying to get to successful levels. There's gonna be some kind of stress that you're gonna have to deal with. That, and if it's the stresses from social media, that's nothing to me. I that's that's like, well,
3: nothing. That's ridiculous. Honestly, <laughs> it is. It's for, ridiculous. It, it I mean, is. look at me. I to, like any of my clients because I will talk. I'll go ahead and talk about on podcast because I it's not for me. I'm a, I'm trying my best with the reels, guys. I'm trying my best because what you're not about to see me do is do a full-on eight-count choreography and point this <laughs> up. It ain't for me, right? It's not for me. It's for some people. <laughs> I just say that. I just say that to say that find out find out what works for you on social media. Yeah. If you're putting on an act, people will be able to see through that. See that you're just trying to sell something. So figure out what your comfort level is on social media. and and what you're going to do? because for me the whole it ain't me it's not me like (laughs) i legit had a whole like i try to record content on the weekends i had a phone and some friends and i was like y'all i spent all day and i ain't got no content (laughs) i feel stupid it's like not working for me but again you have to be uncomfortable if you want to do what needs to be done and just just find your lane. My only ask for you is to find your lane. So you have to recognize that there are different social media platforms that are going to continue to come up, different ideas that they want you to do on social media to really increase your engagement. But again, you have to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? I realized that I have to start doing reels. Like that's the new thing. Um, But I realized that certain aspects of a reel and what everybody else was doing wasn't for me. So find out what is for you and do what needs to be done
1: that's a bar too because you can like i hate to say it but you can see when somebody's not being authentic when it's not original when it's not genuine you can just Mm -hmm. see it like nah that ain't you bro like even (laughs)
3: like chill out i
1: don't know you like that i could see like you trying to get you trying to bite somebody else style like that ain't true so you gather like you said you gotta on social media because you can see through all that shit man people might not say nothing in the comments like they, they might give you a fire emoji but they might be thinking like nah bro that would not it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so you gotta like i know me personally when i first started like branding myself i was like out of character too because i didn't really know like you know what i'm saying it was too much i didn't know what the fuck like I, excuse my language i didn't know what i was doing i was just like let me try stuff and it wasn't really working like that but it wasn't working because i wasn't being me like as soon as i start exactly. like you not caring about like what other people thought. Like, cause I used to have like Deanna know, I used to have real bad anxiety. Like when I first started branding myself like two, three years ago, I used to get anxiety. And it was really because I was being somebody else and worried about like people being able to see through that. But when I started just, like I said, being like F it, I'm just gonna be me, share my stories, my personality. I ain't gonna act like nobody. That's when my shit started taking off and I ain't had no anxiety with social media since. So, mm-hmm. the- yes. <laughs> yeah, find true.
3: your lane. That's what I tell people. Yeah. You. you don't got to do what everybody else is doing. You can do a variation of that and make sense with who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like,
2: um, even I had something with that recently before I started my YouTube channel because my what I'm pretty much just doing is different from what's like the norm these days as far as oh. what everybody's doing all this entertaining stuff and all that but I'm like I want to start this channel that just focuses on life lessons and my lessons in luxury and someone said to me like well aren't you worried about that being born or like you know people don't want to see stuff like that like they want to yeah, see definitely. yeah and I was like you know what like for a minute it took me back I'm like you know what I'm gonna just go ahead and do it and I'm like you no, know, it's my content is for who wants to see it. Like it's gonna connect with the people who really wanna connect with me and my audience. Like they're gonna gravitate towards it and show enough like that's exactly what's been happening. Like more and more people are like, this is what I wanna see. This is the type of content I like, this is so refreshing, this is so different. So it's like, even though I had that person trying to plant that seed in my head, like you said, you gotta find your own lane, just go for it. Like regardless of what other people say, just do what
3: works for you. Yep, I agree, I agree. I
1: love the channel, so thank you. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to switch into, um, I was going to go back to VA, I was going to ask, so um, when you get in the VA, like, should you get, like, um, NDAs and stuff like that for your VA?
3: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I have um, some clients that have asked us to sign NDAs, which is perfectly fine. I mean, there's always some form of contract that I recommend people have with some type of agreement just so our business can be protected and also their business can be protected as well. Um, but, you know, just be just be mindful. Like you don't necessarily have to have one, but just think about your business and the value that you feel like your business is at. I mean, you have some people, you have some people who, whose business is just starting and they want you to sign all this documentation, which is cool, but just like be mindful of like, what the value of your business currently is and what you're asking people to do. Um, but yeah, some people, some people will ask us to sign an NDA.. Okay.
2: What do you recommend for a VA to do if they find themselves in a situation with a new business owner who may not know exactly what they are doing or exactly what they need from their VA and they're asking their VA to do taskers that are pretty much out of the scope of their actual official
3: duties? I always tell people within my program, like, what's the numbers looking like? Like, what, how are, because we've already made, like, at this point, if you're working for them, you all have already signed the contract. So that's why it's important to have a contract so you can reference, you know, what you all agreed upon. And if it's something without the, with, um, outside the scope, then they have, need to have another conversation about reviewing the contract and figuring out if the numbers make sense right? Are they paying you to do the work that they said that they were going to pay you to do? And You will get people like that. I also tell my students, like, um, people are people that want to be virtual assistants, or really any service-based business, don't take people who want a discount. Those are the people that are going to want to give you more work and pay you less. Do not, it's it's happened to me before, and it just never works out. I do not do discounts, family, friends, cousins, baby daddies, none, none of that. Like, I'm not doing none of that for nobody. I'm just saying, like, because those people are gonna be a more of a headache in the end. So that's why even before you sign the contract, I always tell people like, get a good feel of people. I feel like I'm able to read people's energy very, very well. So like, I don't accept every client. I don't accept everybody that wants to work with Elevated Assist. Like it has to to make sense and it needs to be a partnership, right? I'm helping you and you're gonna help me whether you know it or not. I always tell people being a virtual assistant, you have the opportunity to make money too, but you get an opportunity to learn from different business owners. And that's a very valuable experience, especially if they may already have a mentorship program, you essentially have your own mentor um, that can help you navigate through different conversations. I'll say, all of my current clients, they will call me about personal stuff, just to talk and stuff like that. It's like, they're, we're almost friends, which I do appreciate having that. But like, if you have someone <clears throat> that's requiring you to constantly evaluate the contract, I would say go ahead and end that because the headache is just not worth it.
2: I agree. And that's a big thing too, like how you just said, like, take advantage of this opportunity to work with these different business owners because it's like in any other space you may not be given this opportunity but because you're being of value and offering them a service and you're building a relationship with them talk like get to know them get to understand Mm -hmm. the business and you may be able to use that to advantage like your own personal advantage to do some type of investing whether it's like a real estate business or something of that nature.
1: Mm. And so like, so, so if somebody, somebody is listening to this and they might be like, okay, I need to get me a VA. So where are the, those like price ranges for somebody that may be interested in getting one?
3: So yeah, they can, they can vary and you could probably Google, um, again, assuming that they want someone within the United States, because you can easily Google and research and say, hey, so it's like Promoting five dollars an hour virtual assistance. Again, that's not elevated assist. Please don't come at me expecting those kind of prices because you will be surprised. So if you're looking for someone that wants to work in the United States, essentially, like if we look at it from an hourly perspective, it'll be like 20 to 25 dollars an hour. Um, our, our most basic package is a thousand dollars a month. Um, in, 40 hour, in 40 hours a month. So we look at it from a time perspective. So essentially just think about it from a, a business owner's perspective. What time are you giving us um, a month? Like, are you, what time are you reducing from your workload and you're giving to your virtual assistant? And, and just think of how how much easier your life will be, right? I have my own personal assistant because one, I like to Google, Google and research everything. I'm just like, can you Google this? Put five points down for me because I just don't have the time to do it. Or can you schedule a hair appointment with me? Like just, they make your your life easier. But when you think of yourself as a business owner, you're making five figure, six figure months. It's a lot of stuff that don't make sense for you to do. So that's why it's important to hire a virtual assistant. So if you're paying a virtual assistant $25 or maybe even $30 an hour, you're already making more than that an hour. So there's certain tasks as a successful business owner that you really shouldn't be doing.
1: I like that. And this is is another... um... Very important conversation because when especially when you get to a point where you're making good money and you get tasks that's coming on heavily, you can't be doing every single thing because it's going to take up too much. much. You got to learn how to delegate.
3: Exactly. I feel like if you think about scaling, you cannot scale your business without expanding and creating a team outsourcing <laughs> outsourcing would be your best friend you need to figure out are you a business owner or are you a business operator where you're operating in the business from a day to day so if you calling yourself a true boss and a business owner and you operating and doing these small redundant tasks such as sending emails these responding to redundant questions and you know it's some it's some dumb questions out there like that you've already you've already answered right you it's already on your million times. But you've answered it a million times, but people are going to keep asking you again. So you have to ask yourself as a business owner, how valuable is my time worth? Right? I know me personally, there's certain things I won't do because it's not worth, it's truly not worth my time. So can I have a virtual assistant fill in for me to be able to take care of those matters for me? Right? Mm. So I think people have to have an honest conversation about, you know, you're growing as a business owner. What things am I currently doing that don't make sense for me to be doing? Like, is, is, is it a lot of redundancy? Like, you should be focused on building the brand, the actual strategy, expanding the logistics of your business, but operating it in a day-to-day, it, it, are you a boss? I just, you just gotta ask yourself. I
2: agree 100%. And like, I really just like listening to you talk because you can definitely see the experience and the expertise, like, as you describe these different things. And for you personally, like, because I know you say you had a nine to five and then you ventured out into this. Where did this like CEO or boss mentality like really come from? Like how did you start to get yourself into this state of mind?
3: Well, for me, I would say, well, one, my master's degree is in administration. So I basically went to school for healthcare administration. So the the idea uh, was to be a CEO of a, a hospital. Um, so I'm working at healthcare administrator administration right now but even if we back up before education before we get to that point, I feel like within my group of people I was always seen as someone that was leading um, from from any aspect whether you know it's a group of friends in a professional setting it was I was always seen as a person that's able to lead people. Um, I do enjoy operations. I do enjoy providing solutions for people. so it just made sense for my skill set. But the goal was to always be a CEO of something, whether it was my own company or somebody else's company.
1: You want to say something? To you? No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say I, I love it. I Man, I, I love to hear um, stuff like that. I was just gonna go back to like what you were saying. Just going back to like delegating, and sometimes I think a part of that. I think what makes it. I was thinking about this recently. I think sometimes what makes it hard for people to delegate is they think like it might be a small thing that pop up where you get a little bit of money from. Oh, but on a big scale, think on a macro level, it's like if you focus on the huge things, it would be more beneficial in the end. So sometimes, like in a way, you got to like, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a way to uh, uh, say this. But so sometimes you got to turn down pennies, you know what I'm saying? Just look forward to the dollars that's going on. But it's, it's so hard, especially for new entrepreneurs to, to get that bigger picture. think like, man, you're wasting your time, like an hour right now for a couple hundred dollars where you could be focusing on, the micro, the macro whole thing that's gonna make you more if you just make this efficient right here. So I, I think a lot of people struggle with that though. But it, it makes sense though. When you knew, you probably you don't have any guidance, you young. It's like sometimes you just gotta go through it, right? Right? What, what you think?
3: Yeah, and I think it's uh think it's a it's obviously a mindset thing too, right?
1: Yeah.
3: A lot yeah. of intelligent people that, you know, fear is really keeping them from a lot of money where they could probably take what they're doing at their current business are the current nine to five, create their own thing and create their own business. So it's a lot of people that, you know, are stuck with making 65, you know, $75,000 a year where they could be making a hundred K a month based on their skill set and their talent. But that fear and that mindset is keeping them in that box. So, I mean, I feel like people always have a conversation about mindset, but that's truly, that's truly where it starts. I always knew I was going to make a lot of money. You could ask me when, if I was 20, Ten years old, five years old. I knew I wasn't about to live no basic life, and I knew I needed money to get there. So you you have to you have to be intentional about the things that you speak upon your life and figure out you know where you want to see yourself. That's what I always tell my students. Like, and I tell people all the time, do not don't buy my course if you're not gonna execute. You're gonna buy the course, not go through it. Like I don't care. Like I don't care. The money's cool, right? But like if you're not gonna do anything with it, then don't because I. What's more rewarding for me is to hear those success stories about people who went through the step by step, apply the information, and they they continue to make money with their nine to five. They're in positions where they can now replace their nine to five. Those stories are more rewarding to me than you paying for my course.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, we, we, that's funny. We was just saying the same thing yesterday regarding some stuff we was doing. So that's I definitely I definitely feel that. So like um like long term is the goal to just, uh, like eventually leave the nine to five, do that and have this full time.
3: Sure. I mean, whatever makes sense from a money perspective (laughs) (laughs) is, um, you know, I'm going to hold on to whatever I have as long as I can. I mean, I'm definitely in the position, thankfully that I could leave a nine to five today and I would definitely be solid. I would definitely be okay, but, um, I'm able to manage all of it right now. So you know, we will see, we will see. But obviously, the goal is to expand Elevated Assist um, to very, very large figures and figuring out what that looks like. Um, I definitely want to do some more partnerships in the future with schools and things like that. So Elevated Assist has a lot of different ideas in in the plans um, for the future. So we'll see.
2: I love it. And I was also going to say, like, I like that you're a prime example that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be just a business or just a nine to five like you are really showing people that Mm -hmm. you can do do both and be extremely successful and be content with that so thank you for like being a prime example for that no
1: facts facts i love that because right now everybody think either either i'm a business owner i gotta be my own business for a time or i'm a nobody not no or i can't be a wealth without working a job and that's completely false so we've been talking about this a lot lately like you can you can build wealth working a job, especially if you got a good job. And if you mm-hmm. got like other businesses outside of that and you're investing, it can definitely happen. Like you, you, you buying real estate while you have your own business, while you're stealing a nine to five. Like that's the way to do it. That's literally the blueprint.
3: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I've been trying to tell people, like, I'm not in the position now with um, even in my, Virtual assistant program because we have a Slack group and now they're asking about real estate, right? Again, those are the the real success stories. Now we're talking about making different streams of income. So like when I teach people, even in my webinar, like how many streams of income do you all have? If if you just got the nine to five, then that's not enough, right? If you if you leave my webinar and you still don't want to be a virtual assistant, that's fine. But you did take some gems from the webinar that you need more than one stream of income, and that's the ultimate goal. Like that's the that's the overall goal with financial flex with everything that I'm doing is to tell people that you can do multiple things, right? It's weird that when we grew up in the education and everything, they just told us that, okay, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And it always had to be one thing. It was never multiple things. And it was always, people always looked at the kid weird when he was like, I wanna be a basketball player. I wanna be a business owner. I wanna do all that. But in reality, you know, we realized as adults that we can do more than one thing, right? we were, I don't want to say we were brainwashed. I don't know what a better word for that would be. But when you think about.
1: You can say programmed, I guess.
3: (laughs) Programmed. There we go. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Programmed to really think a certain way and not really be independent thinkers, right? If you would have told me when I was younger, I was going to be an entrepreneur or have a business, I would have been like, why? Like, and I don't, and at that time, I didn't really see strong images of business owners and I didn't assume that they made a lot of money. I just thought it was people who it didn't work out for them to get a nine to five like it was it was not a lot of examples of that growing up so i'm constantly telling people like you can you can be whatever you want to be what what do you want to do it's it's truly up to you you got to figure out what you can control in your life and what you can't control so control what you can and if you can't control it adapt because you can't do nothing about it mm,
1: that's a bar. control the control the controllables that's what I, that's what I like saying, you gotta control what you control. And that's the that's the best way to live right there, man. Like that's the that's the best way. And, but like you said, examples sometimes when you come up, like I know a lot of us grew up in urban environments, whatever. You ain't got the best example, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and investing. There's not like I know growing up in my household, it wasn't something that was talked about. Like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't talked about buying real estate, invest like investing in general or or building wealth it was that wasn't really talk, it, it was that wasn't really talked about at all until like i started meeting different kind of people like outside of my household that had business it was like oh so even though i always felt like i would have money i always felt like i would be rich i just didn't know how i would get there i always knew like either. yeah i always knew it would happen like i just know i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be good but i didn't know like and then when i figured out like investing in real estate and business that's what i was like that's it right there. That's exactly what I'm gonna do because I know I ain't trying to be working for nobody for my whole life. Not saying there's something wrong with that, but just understanding me and my personality is not something that, that I care for. So that's 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 important to for people to figure out though, like um figuring out who you are is to, to see what exactly what you want to do. Cause like I tweeted I tweeted, yes. I tweeted that's yesterday. The yeah, that's the key. Like I tweeted yesterday how Knowing what you want to exactly what you do, what you want to do already separates you from most people because most people don't have a clue on what the hell they want to do in their life. So you know exactly what you want, you already got a blueprint, you already got something like okay, to get up, get make you get your ass up every day. Cause if you don't know what you want to do, it's like, what's all right, nice? all right, we finna hit the club. What's your hey, purpose? What's your purpose? You know, so you got stuff you need to do, and somebody um hit you, like, yeah, hey, we're going out to the club tonight. You ain't got, You don't know what you want to do with your life. You like, all right. I guess I'll go. But you, you know exactly like this. I'm gonna get things Like, I can't do that tonight. I got stuff I uh, need to be doing. What need to be working on. So just, do, just knowing that part is a big part of it too. I think.
3: I agree, and I, just, just to piggyback off what you said, I think knowing who you are as a person is so freaking important um even so I moved from north I moved to northern Ohio super rural areas probably like 40,000 people for a job opportunity like during that time period I had nothing to do but reflect right develop I was able to pay off all my debt listen to all these books <coughs> books. but I think I was able to be a, like they're isolated and there were no distractions right so I think it's important for people to go through a period of isolation so they can figure out Who they are there's nothing anybody can tell me on this earth that i cannot do like that's how confident i feel about what i want to do with my life and and where i'm going to go in my life that's not one person they can tell me anything right so i think everybody needs to be secure within themselves when they're talking about their different business bit business ideas and what they want to do people always say how'd you get into real estate how'd you start a business how'd you put yourself out there like i i'm the thing is a lot of people are secretly afraid to make money I I can see the potential (laughs) like people say, but I'm just saying like, it's a lot of people that want to be millionaires, but not a lot of people doing the work to get there.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. A lot of people are truly afraid to put themselves out there. Even if they know like people in the back of their head, like I know this is a good idea. I know this is a profitable idea, but they're still, still afraid. Mm I'm through those ropes. Like I'm not in that space or that period. So when you think about your family and things like that, like I didn't come from a family that invested in real estate or entrepreneurs, like, again, they have that mentality, like you get a job, you work for so many years and, you know, that was going to be your life. That was success for them. But I'm just like, so like $85,000 $85, a year, so you make $100,000 a year. That's not still money I can buy a yacht with, right? I can't buy a private jet with that. So in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm. am I living my best life? Like, is that really freedom for me? So it's all about figuring out where your mindset is. Like, no, it is. what do you want your life to look like in like.
1: People that know Anna no, say was not created to live a basic life. Like <laughs> something, I need to be able to have it. Okay. No, I feel you. I feel you. No, that's, that's goes back to knowing exactly what you want. Like you said, just like some people afraid of winning, they also afraid of losing. And that's mm-hmm. why they don't, they never, they never start. It's that a lot of people are, yeah, yeah, most people are afraid of failure. They, it's like the embarrassment. Like, okay, if this don't go right, this launch don't go right. This business is going to go right how are people going to see me? Is they going to be like, they're going to make fun of me, going to be disappointed. They're going to think I'm a failure. Because what people don't understand is just because something that you did f- fail, doesn't make you a failure as a person. That, th- that thing is not true. Like if you start a business that failed, that's the business that failed. Move on to something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't represent you as a person. It's just something that fails. Things fail all the damn time. Like, you gonna fail in life, like that's just part of the game. And what you learn how to just get over that, move on to something else. Like mm-hmm. everybody failed. The richest people in the world, the biggest, most famous people in the world, they failed millions of times before they got to the level that you know them. At. It's just okay. part of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. and i think people need to worry about um to quit they need to quit worrying about being judged by people who don't even got the confidence to do what you just did <laughs> exactly. even though you failed exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. you worried about being judged by them right.
3: <laughs> so like legit okay so like legit people that are listening like you got a really crazy like if you got a business idea never been an entrepreneur before you're gonna put yourself out there i'm gonna go ahead and let you know right now people don't think you crazy often. People gonna think you weird, they're gonna be like, What you doing? I'm pretty sure the first time I got on live, people like, I ain't never seen Annalise on live before. Like, what is going on? I'm confused. And like, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there because secretly, a lot of people are envious, they want to be in your shoes and they wish they had that confidence. So, you got to ask yourself, like, you need be that person that you want to be, put yourself exactly. out there. Like, that I mean, the what's the worst thing they can do? Because all I'm saying is like, I had an idea about elevated assist, I told maybe one person. And I wasn't telling them for feedback. I was just making you aware. It is what I'm about, to do. I'm about to do. So, because I already then did the research. That's the thing about, that's the only difference between me and maybe other people who haven't done what I did is I execute. Like I don't wait for approval, right? I'm not waiting for people to say, are you sure you want to do that? Or what about this? Or if this? Because all people is asking ifs, whats, ain't never been in business before. And I don't take advice from people like that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, put, put yourself out there and, and just see what happens. Like that's the worst you can do get mm-hmm. afraid,
1: like just start yeah just start mm-hmm. and if you're one of those people that um get discouraged easily i think you gotta know not to tell so many people like if you know this person telling me this is not a good idea it's gonna stop me from doing it just don't tell them just do it anyway <laughs> and then when you got things rolling if you want to have that conversation with them then you i think like we said that goes back to knowing you gotta know yourself throughout this whole journey because you don't want to go around like you said a lot of people will be envious so you don't want to go around telling everybody and they don't have the best well wishes for you so sometimes it's best to just shut up stay low and just work and then when people mm-hmm. see it they're gonna be like damn i ain't even gonna use damn you did when you start that like it's, it's exactly money, you know what i'm saying that's I, that's probably one of the best ways to um to do stuff like just just stay just stay low you ain't got to broadcast everything because then when you broadcast it and it don't don't go well for you they gonna broadcast your failure for show to you. They are gonna be like, oh, yeah, especially, if, sure. especially if they're not a real fan of you. They are gonna be like, yep. you try to do this, this didn't work. Now you're moving on to something else, making fun of you and shit. And you might already have low confidence, and you might be ruined by all this.
3: Exactly, but can't nobody make me? Can nobody make me feel bad about nope. attempting to make money like that? Don't make oh,
1: me hell no. Money.
3: <laughs> you know, like it'll be certain. It'll be certain people that will say something about somebody about their job or something. How are you gonna make fun of somebody trying to make a living for themselves? Mm -hmm. That's when the internet gets real weird, when people start- Yeah, and that's you know,
1: my block game is super strong. So nah, block game gotta be man. And so the one thing I learned about the internet social media, you gotta have thick skin. You gotta be able to let all that just fly off you. Like I don't even I don't even respond to negativity no more. I just keep it moving. Like I remember when I I remember when I first like when I first started getting follow following people would be, be bad. I used to be <laughs> no going at people next crazy, like bro, who is this? Like, who is this talking to me, bro? Like yeah, after where I realized like you can't beat the internet it's way too many people and it's always gonna be people like especially yeah, your following growing and going it's no way so you just gotta like you just gotta ignore it or block you
3: it can. but i say this to my clients and i say this all the time i'm gonna let y'all know as a troll if you want to write on a post good comments and bad comments it's all engagement so yep. argue with yourself on my post go for it you are letting more people see my post and you're helping with the rhythm so go off if you want to i personally don't care but at some point when once it gets to where i want it to be i'm going to go ahead and block you and remove you. <laughs> i ap- i appreciate the engagement, i appreciate the support.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So i got um do you got any other questions, D? No, i don't have
2: any uh, more.
1: So i this i got um i got one final question. i always like to uh end the show off with this like i like doing scenarios just for somebody that's listening to this. Who may not be in like the best situation or where they want to be right now. So we just get them some like inspiration and stuff like that. So let's just say, like, somebody right now listen to this show, they in a um bad financial place, like mentally, they probably not in a bit because they in the they situation is messing them up, they don't feel confident and stuff like that. They got things, they got moves they want to do, but they're not doing it because they low confidence, they scared to do it. Like, what's the piece of, best piece of advice Annalisa could give them to get them started and get them, like, motivated and get them going on this journey?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give you a whole plan of what you need to do. <laughs> it can be used by anybody. <clears throat> the first thing you need to do if you are in the position to be able to do that is identify the environment that you are in. Is it feeding you in a negative space? Is it feeding you in a positive way? If it's feeding you in a negative space, figure out how you can eliminate those things, take those things out, remove those. How can you isolate yourself? Right. Because that how how what position you in, <clears throat> what position you're in and where you are on a daily basis, that messes with your mental point blank period. Right. What you wake up and see every day, that's gonna have a lot to do with how you view yourself and how you view your future. So when we think about creating a strong mindset, right? I when I graduated college, the first job that I got. I was thinking like $9 an hour, like $9 and 60 cents an hour. Right. So, you know, I think people, when they see me online or they see me on podcasts and different stories, they just assume that, you know, it happened overnight when it different, when it didn't. I, again, I say all the time, that I work a lot. I work a lot, but again, next year, they're going to see me on beaches. They're not going to be able to talk to me, like no DM access at all. Okay. But my, my advice to people is just like, it's time to change your mindset. Like, Are you doing the same thing that you were doing last year? It didn't work, right? You're not where you want to be. So figure out how you can change that and write things down. Be intentional. I'm very intentional about the things I listen to. I'm intentional about the people I listen to with the people that I actually follow, even on social media. If you are following people on social media that are not feeding you from a positive perspective, you need to eliminate that from you because it's really training your mind to think of yourself a certain way and visualize what do you want your life to look like? The life that I live right right now, I envision my life looking like that years prior, right? I didn't know what business I was gonna have. I didn't know how many properties I would have from a real estate perspective, but I knew what my life was gonna look like. So the first step is eliminate distractions, right? And that can be family too. I love my family, but you know, gotta do what I gotta do. So figure out how you can eliminate distractions if you can. And if you're in a position where you can't, right? Your family is all you have. Give your time an hour a day for your own quiet time to write down your goals and your thoughts and be intentional. Put them up on a wall, look at them every day and then take the steps that you need to do to get there. It's so much free information on the internet. You have access to so many, so many different things, right? That's why I don't fault like people like my parents. They didn't have access to the information we have right now, right? So that's why I'm reteaching my parents how to invest in the stock market, how to invest in real estate. But as a young person at this day and age, I don't want to hear any excuses, honestly, right? Every everybody, everybody has a story. Nobody's life was perfect. So what are you going to do with the information that's been given to you on YouTube? You don't have internet, go to the library. Um, if you don't know how to navigate the internet, go read a book. If you can't read a book, there's audio books. Like at some point you got to give up on the excuses. So write down what you want your life to look like, visualize what you want that life to be and then start putting in the work.
1: I love it. I love I said that better. better and I just remember something while you were talking. This is my last question I probably. <laughs> so I know you're in real estate so just describe for our listeners like how you got in real estate and what was your first real estate deal?
3: So um when I was in college maybe maybe my junior year in undergrad, um I was living in a townhouse with my friends and then like you would only send one check to the landlord so we would put all of our money together. Like I think it was like maybe fifteen hundred dollars a month for like a four bedroom townhouse, and um, we would send this one check and we would do it like every month. And I'm just like, so he owns the whole complex, and I was just doing the math in my head. I was just like, oh, he's making a lot of money. Like nobody ever introduced real estate to me, and then I was just thinking like, (laughs) well, what if I owned a complex like this of some sort and still lived in it? Like that makes sense to me. And then I found out that was like house hacking. So again, I'm a Google person. I will research stuff until I find answers. So literally, I just had an idea after, like I've been wanting to invest in real estate since college. So um, I started to research what house hacking was, what I needed, like how how much money would I need to actually buy my first property. So uh, I've always been really, really good with money. Like if I got a refund check, it would go in my savings. Um, I was on scholarship for my uh, master's degree and my bachelor's degree. So, and I worked during school because time is money and life is expensive so I had time so I got me a job even though I didn't necessarily need it but I got scholarships so the residual checks that I would get which would be probably like $1,500 a year and then I did like a research program which is additional like $3,500 a year so when I graduated college I had a decent um I had five figures saved already and I was and I was already thinking that Okay, that's going to be the down payment on my house. Like, that was how I was mentally thinking already. So once I moved to Cincinnati or Ohio, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's like multifamily units everywhere. I'm not, I don't want to rent again. So once I moved from northern Ohio, that rural area that I was living to, to Cincinnati, Ohio, and my brother had already lived here, I was like, I don't want to rent. I know I want to buy sometime soon. So temporary sacrifice. I moved in with my brother and his now wife, and they have kids, and I do not. So I lived with them for like four months until I found something and it was a lot. So I lived with them for about four months until I found something that I really, really liked. So I found a duplex that I fell in love with. It it was already occupied. So I already had a tenant that was paying consistently. So I still currently house hack right now. And yeah, the goal is to definitely expand my property. Um, Right now it's crazy. So we'll see. I would love to buy something before I move to Dallas, but we'll see.
1: I, I love it and I think <laughs> I think that's like the best way to get started in real estate personally is house hacking so I love that story you, you guys yes, think you want to say this? Yeah.
2: No, I was going to
3: say that's the
1: best way to do it if you yeah. can get started house hack yeah I, so I love that well. yeah might as well that's yeah, that's a great story right there uh, <laughs> I yeah. think if
3: people yeah if you don't have like kids yeah, I mean if you do have kids you can still do it but I just think it's easier when you have because some mostly family units you know they only have a certain amount of bedrooms and maybe. Mm-hmm. Like so, like, if you're in, like, places like Ohio where there's multifamily units where you don't have kids, I think it's – I always encourage people to do that, right? I have a lot of friends that are buying, like, single-family homes right now and things like that. I was just like, but you can invest in real estate too, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And I, so, yeah, that was my um final question. Do y'all have anything else that y'all want to go over there when you get a chance to, just in case we ain't missing nothing, forgetting nothing?
3: No, but if anyone is interested in, you know, becoming a virtual assistant As I mentioned here, like you don't necessarily need experience. You probably already have experience. We are still accepting people within our program. Um, So basically what you'll get with the program is a step-by-step guide on how to set up your business. We go over how to create a name for your business, Um, even go through role playing, like even consultation calls, because a lot of people don't know how to navigate conversations and be on the phone with business owners and try to pitch their brain or their business to them. So we go through that Uh, contract template email template to be able to reach out to potential clients. And then you also get access to job opportunities within my Slack group with other, with 400 other people who are like-minded and have virtual assistant um, businesses as well. So definitely a great opportunity. And yeah,
1: that's it. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. And to wrap it up, that's all we have for you. And like, uh, wait, wait, before we let you go, plug in all your stuff with people, uh, follow you on social media, uh, everything, everything you got going on, just plug it.
3: Yes, yes. So follow me on social media uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Just and Alisa. That's J-U-S-T-A-N-N-A-L-I-S-A. And that's the same on Instagram and Twitter. Those will probably be the best platforms to actually see what I have going on. I have regular webinars to teach people um, from a high level what it's like being a virtual assistant. Um, stay tuned. Financial Flex is coming back. We usually go on Instagram live. I have been told and scolded that i need to make it a podcast but people act like creating a podcast is easy and it don't look so easy to me so financial Financial flex is coming soon um in a podcast format and we have elevated this has a lot of things in store for their current students um as well as for their current clients so we are still currently accepting clients um, you can click the link in my bio if you're interested in setting up a discovery call. But you can also follow Elevated Assist on Instagram and Twitter, as well as LinkedIn as well.
1: That's amazing. Make sure y'all definitely tap in and uh, follow her on all platforms. So if y'all thinking about being a VA, y'all bef- y'all definitely better go talk to her. And uh, and wrapping up for those of y'all who y'all don't know, y'all can follow me and follow me on all platforms at Xavier C Miller. And d what's your info?
2: And you can find me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent and Instagram is Deanna Kent and YouTube is Lessons in Life and Luxury.
1: Yeah, make sure y'all touch, uh, check out that YouTube too. And that's all we got for y'all this episode of Men and Mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Peace. Hey,
0: turn me up, something. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gon' do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gon' talk about it Know Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses, valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, i Chase of greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategize and and piling up investments and sacrificing temporary for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Diana speak. That sh** that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses, valid Get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant